If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. For me, design is not just prettiness. It is the experience. It is how someone experiences the home, how the people that they invite in experience the home. And there's so many things beyond just visual. It's also the senses. The way that it all comes together is more than just something pretty. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Did you start a business because you love your craft? Well, that's exactly what my guest did today. She's a self-taught designer with over 15 years of creative experience. But today, her schedule consists of far more managing and administrative tasks instead of just design. That is, until she came to my house this week and flexed her creative muscle to design and style rooms within my new home. Today, I get to pass the mic back and forth while sitting at my beautiful new dining table with my friend, Lindy Galloway. Lindy is the founder and chief creative officer of Lindy Galloway Studio and Shop, a full-service interior design firm and online shop based in Orange County, California. Since founding the studio in 2015, Lindy has garnered clients from all over the United States for projects including large-scale residential and commercial projects that bring forth the distinct vision embodied in her work. With features in Architectural Digest, El Decor, House Beautiful, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, and many more, Lindy is recognized as a rising talent in the design world. Today, we're chatting about how her role in her business has transformed over the years, how to expand your team and get yourself out of the weeds, how to trust them in knowing the process, the secret to staying passionate as your roles change, what to really think about change as an entrepreneur, and we're even sharing three easy ways to elevate your space wherever it is that you're tuning in from. Lindy, welcome to the show. Pop quiz, who do you think is more popular these days, Taylor Swift or ChatGPT? Now, although our feeds are flooded with hype around the era's tour, ChatGPT is actually beating Taylor Swift in search volume, which tells us that the AI revolution is upon us. That's why HubSpot's brand new AI power tools, Content Assistant and ChatSpot are all the rage. Content Assistant helps you brainstorm, create and share content in a flash, all inside a super easy to use CRM. And ChatSpot, which runs on OpenAI's GPT powered tech, automates all the manual tasks inside of HubSpot to help you engage more customers, close more deals and scale your business faster. Both are designed to help you get more done, stand out amongst the competition, and work smarter, not harder. Find out more about how to use AI to grow your business at HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence. Again, that's HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence to check out these tools for yourself. I am so excited for today's guest. And this is wild because I never get to interview my guests in real life, but we are sitting here together in my gorgeous dining room. So Lindy, welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. 
Okay, so we're going to talk about a couple different things today. And I was just brainstorming. We got to go out to dinner the other night. Lindy is in Minnesota designing our home. It looks incredible. I don't want to touch anything, but I can't wait to live in it at the same time. And we went out to dinner the other night and I was just thinking about like, okay, what kind of questions am I dying to ask her? And I saved them for this episode. And so first, before we begin, can you just tell me a little bit about your story, how you got into interior design, what that process has looked like, and then we'll kind of dive into more of the nitty gritty. Let's do it. Okay. So I got started eight years ago. I had given birth three weeks before we moved into a new home. I was literally like sleep deprived just out of the hospital. And my husband was like, Hey, while we were in there, I was looking at Zillow and I'm like, Hey, while we were in there, I was like giving birth, Uh, like the hardest thing a woman will do. But he was like, I was on Zillow. There's a cool house, needs some work, but I would be so interested if we could go look at it. And I'm like, I'll humor him, whatever. We go look at it. And it was the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, I like can envision a potential here. I can see what this would look like. And so from there, I ended up designing the home. We completely ripped it apart, remodeled it, literally had, we have so many pictures and video of like Theo, my son, like in the ergo, like bouncing him around the house. I'm doing meetings, picking tile, the whole thing. And the joy of that in the end was I got to make mistakes on my own home because I had no formal school or any training in it. So I was really kind of like flying along, just like figuring it out. And then a few months later, I started putting it on Instagram and I had like three followers, one, which was my grandma and then my aunt Patty. And I started putting it out there though. And that's when things like really started to getting attention. And I am like, I look back at that and I laugh because I'm like, oh my gosh, like what was I doing? It's still really beautiful, but it's like nowhere close to what we do now. And then I just kind of started putting it out there and slowly got a couple clients. And within the first like year, I was I was doing the thing. And I really wanted to focus on a full vision. So it was like, I never really wanted to just do one room or one small thing. I was like, I want to do the majority or the whole of a house to really bring it to life. What were you doing before you did this? Like before you gave birth, what were you doing or what was the vision for your life? Because I can imagine this wasn't on the vision board. And so it was probably a wild experience. I'm the person that always has a lot of goals, but I don't know why I've never been like, this is my vision and my path. So life has brought a lot of surprises with that. But before I got into this, I was in wedding design and it was, I believe, I mean, it's me, so I'm biased. I think that our work was absolutely stunning, but it was the kind of thing that I woke up one morning and I'm like, this isn't like my thing anymore. I don't want to do this. We were also thinking about starting a family and weddings are like all weekend work, as you know. And I was like, it's time for something different. So I actually took like the tail end of my, you know, pregnancy off and was kind of in an exploration of what was going to be next. Didn't really know what it was going to be. And I'm like, maybe I'll end up being a stay-at-home mom. I'm not sure. And then this house that we got again, three weeks later, because timing is everything that really launched what was to come. That's so cool. I feel like weddings, people that have worked weddings have a different appreciation for what that event is, both like the beauty and the like sacredness of a wedding day, but also like all the things that go into it. And I often think, and now that you say that, I can totally see how that has played in to your design style, your keen eye, your sense of like styling and enjoyment. That's kind of cool. I love that. It is. I feel like while I didn't have like a perfect vision for what my life was going to be. I think that life has had a consistent thread. And I think sometimes people are like, that's such a different industry. And I'm like, well, it's different, but there are pieces that are the same. Stress is the same. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you know, there's so much about wedding design that you have to really think through how to personalize it, how to create these little details that are moments. And also the overall experience. Like we part of weddings is an experience for your guests and how we treat designing a home is really an experience for our clients and those that they welcome into their home. Okay. So I had this great idea. Do I say so myself? Of what I wanted to talk to you about, because as we were talking the other night at dinner, 
I was asking you about your business, which has grown into this multifaceted business with a lot of complexity, a lot of team, and a lot of different divisions. And it was really interesting to me because I often think about how when so many people pursue their dreams, they start off with that passion. And they think that I'm going to create this business around the passion. And I will do that passion every day of my life. And I'll get paid to do it. And it's going to be so amazing. And I think that that's where so many entrepreneurial journeys begin. But just like as when I was a wedding photographer, shooting was 2% of my time and all the admin and editing and blogging and marketing and invoicing and everything else ended up taking up so much more of my time. I really thought about your journey as starting as this designer and now growing this multifaceted brand. So first, tell me kind of how your business is structured because it is complex in a beautiful way while also remaining very easy to understand and comprehend. So walk me through the structure of your business and then let's talk about how we get back to the passion. Yeah, that's a great question. So we have kind of two sides to the business. One is the studio. So working with clients, building custom homes, amazing details. And then we have our shop. Our shop is e-commerce and that's where we really bring a piece of our style to the masses. The way that we're structured internally is it's myself, the chief creative officer, and my husband runs the operational side of things. And then we have our team. So our design team is about nine of us that do all the design for the homes. We have three different design teams so that a team can really focus on each home and they handle a different load of homes at different phases. And then we have our purchasing team who handles all the details. Like I have so much appreciation for them because when I started, I was that person. Mm -hmm. And I am like, oh, bless those that started with me. Clients that were like accepting of a good process, but maybe not always the best on that side. So they crush it. And then we have our shop side. So that is everything from a buyer to something that runs our e-com. And we have different you know, pieces of that that really make up the shop side of things. And that one is a hustle. I mean, we got customer service. There's so many other facets when you're dealing with a lot of people versus our firm on the studio side, we really focus on a boutique approach. So we're usually doing no more than 15 projects at a time. And we turn down a lot just so we can have that really heavy focus on amazing custom details. So that's kind of the, the flow, the structure. It's kind of crazy when you think about it because you're both a service and a product-based business. So it's not just navigating one side of it. You have, I mean, that is a lot of figuring out. There's different marketing structures for each division. There's different needs. There's different support. So, I mean, it is incredibly fascinating. So one thing I'm curious about, and I would love to kind of hear your journey in this, is a lot of our listeners are kind of at that place where they were like you and I, where they were doing all the things, right? They were the purchasing department. They were the support department. They were the accountant. And now they're maybe growing a team. But one thing that always surprises me, and some days I'll wake up and I'm like, I can't believe I'm a boss. I never planned to be a boss, is you kind of realize that it's very easy to get caught up in all of the work around the thing that started it all. So talk to me about what that's been like for you on your journey, because you were about eight years into your business. And so I can imagine that as things have changed and as the team has grown and the business has changed, your day-to-day -day has looked very different over the years. So different. I mean, when I first started and had just a couple clients, I mean, I was home for a part of it. And then my mom was a true angel and took Theo. And then when I had Harper, and it quickly grew into a full time thing. I remember exactly where we were when I was talking to Wynn, and he was in a different career. He came on three years ago to run operations and launch the shop. And I remember we were at this Italian restaurant in CDM and we're sitting there across from each other, candlelit. And I'm like, I think I need to go full time because I was working so many crazy weird hours being a mom at the same time. And so the journey was so interesting because at first it's me in a Starbucks. My favorite thing is that there was this guy that made custom cowboy hats. They were quite questionable on the design front. And he and I sat next to each other every day, shared the charger. We became friends because that's what happens when you're in Starbucks for like eight hours. And you're like, I guess I should buy a passion tea, but I'm also starting a business and I'm poor. So like, is it rude to ask for water? But yes. So then I started adding to the team. Now, my strategy has always been like, fill in your weaknesses. My weakness was definitely the accounting, the purchasing, the you know transit of all the furniture. And I could do it, but it wasn't really where my strength or passion was. So that was my first hire. 
was someone that ran all of that side of things. And she was amazing. But then other people's lives changed too. She had a third kid and she's like, I can't do this anymore. And I still sometimes text her and I'm like, just a reminder that we're here. If you ever want to come back and join the team again. But then I, from there, started adding more people that again, were in areas that weren't like my total strength. I actually, fun fact, don't know how to do AutoCAD or Revit or SketchUp or any of those things because I didn't have formal training. And so that was my next hire was someone that could do that for me and that could take the vision, put it to paper and translate it for builders. And before that, I managed, but it wasn't, it wasn't a clean process as it is now, nor as detailed because I didn't know how to do all of the things that our team like masterfully does. Then at some point I was like, okay, we're getting so many projects. Our projects are so custom that I need more hands on the design side. So I started just adding people, you know, started with assistants, then I needed interior designers that had a lot more experience, then senior designers, and then a creative director, people that could bring a collaborative approach and that could help build out the level of homes that we were doing, the high-end approach, and, and do it really well. So then we added that. Then to land the plane was the shop because then we started three years ago a whole other side of the business. And that required different positions. And we were, Wynn and I had never done anything like that. So we were fumbling through like, who do you need? Like straight up Googling at midnight, like what should our first hire be, you know? And so there we started filling out that team and that team is incredible as well. And um, Wynn oversees more of the shop, but that was a process where you kind of actually needed more hands at first, instead of a gradual thing, like on the studio side, I was able to gradually grow the shop. Like you need someone that's running the website, someone that's doing the marketing. You need someone that's a buyer. You need customer service. So that kind of had to grow more quickly. So here's a question that I think so many listeners would have. And when you build a business around you and your expertise, when you start to outsource or get help in the area that you're doing, I think so many people, I know I believe this as a photographer, like no one can do it the way I can do it in the way that I'm going to do it. And I remember when I first hired an associate photographer, because I was getting so many weddings and I was like, I don't want to keep turning people down. I want to give them an option. It's not going to be me, but it's going to be through my vision, through my brand. Did you have mindset issues around kind of not replacing you, but getting more people that could help fulfill the vision? Or was that something that was easier for you to grasp? Great question. Okay. In the beginning, the reality of starting a company is you don't have that many resources or funds in the beginning. So I had to hire people that were great at design, had a beautiful you know, vision and had the eye, but maybe weren't the people that could really translate my vision. So I felt like I had to be so much more in the weeds. I had to still be involved in every single detail down to like a grout color. So now we have a team that comprises of top level talent. I mean, these people that have gone to school, they have the eye, they know how to do customer service too, because client services on our studio side is heavily important. And so at the time, you know, there was a gradual approach, not only in how many people we could hire, but the level of talent that we could hire. So now I feel way more trusting of our team. I know they're going to get the vision. We talk and collaborate about everything. I am still overseeing everything. You know, we are, we really take that collaborative approach, but I also can trust them to go to a job site and manage it and make sure that the vision is coming to life. I can trust them to pick a grout color and it's going to be amazing. I can trust them to do some of those things because when you're running a business and you're also trying to design some, you can't do it all. And so this team is a team that really can fulfill that vision, but it took a little bit to get there. One thing I hear about from people who hire so often is that they tell themselves this lie of like, hiring is more work for me because I have to train and I have to review everything and I'm changing everything and they're not meeting the vision. Do you have any advice for how you can teach the people who are maybe taking over things to see things the way you see them so that you're not constantly checking their work? Because I think that's a huge thing for people is like they tell themselves like, I need to hire, but the hiring is going to take time and I need to get the final say. And when I get the final say, I'm redoing everything anyways. And it's all of these reasons why people are so in the weeds that they can't run a great business. So do you have any advice on that? Because I think that's a huge gift to say like, I was in the weeds and now I can trust any advice on that journey. Absolutely. I think, you know, 
the biggest thing about hiring is it does take time. And that's actually a blessing. That's actually a really good thing. I've had too many moments where I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm in the weeds. I'm like, I need help. And I hire someone in two days and it doesn't really work out because I haven't vetted them. I haven't asked them the right questions. And part of that, like I've never hired someone like you said before, like I didn't think I was going to be a boss. So part of it was a learning curve of understanding how you find that top talent, how you find the people that are going to mesh culturally and with everybody. And so that just takes a little time. But I think that that time is really valuable. So taking your time time to find someone. Get that job description up and out there and then take your time with the applicants. But don't get stuck because people really do. And I have found myself in that position before too, because it's like, it takes time to get it up. It takes time to get it out. It takes time to interview. And you're like, I have so many other things going on. It's just easier for me to do it. But at the end of the day, it's not. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you're actually more stuck where you are than if you could hire someone and free yourself to do more of the things that you want to get to the things that actually push the business forward. If I was still selecting a grout color, like our business not would not be what it is. Yes. You have to be able to hire those people, make it great hires, and then push that. I also think that like culture is a big thing. I think that's something I've learned a lot too, is finding people that really understand your values, understand the core of your business and what you want. And you have to be the one to cultivate that, which is a big learning for me. Like I have to figure out how to cultivate the culture that we want as well. Okay, so let's talk about what it's like when you kind of are now turning into more of this like chief officer of your company. When you are growing this company and everything, you start to kind of get away from the art of it and more into the manager side. And so have you had like dry spells in your creativity or have you had moments where you're like, I just want to design all day. Like, I don't want to be like managing team or being the HR. Like, do you ever have that? Because sometimes when I look at my day-to-day life, I'm like, you know, I'm doing a lot of the executive functions and not as much of the creative. And I like, I am a very creative person. And so I really have to create that space and time in my schedule for creativity. So what does that look like on your journey as a designer? Yeah, I wear so many hats. I'm everything from overseeing design to some of the client interactions and, you know, client relationships to marketing, working with our PR team. I mean, I feel like I go through a day and I'm like, sometimes I'm like, if I made a job description, it would be 18 pages long because I do so many different things. I've for sure had moments where I am like, oh my gosh, I want to just be in design. I just, I was created and then created this business for for that, for designing. And it's really hard when you lose some of that. And it can create also dry spell because you're so in the mix of running the business, hiring people, managing people, you know, clients and everything that goes into a business. And you end up finding yourself in this place where you do end up being the, I mean, I guess that's the description of being someone in that management level. You end up managing all of the different things. The biggest thing for me was when my husband came on board. That is when the operational, the business side, all of that was taken off of my plate. So we had another, you know, dinner, not at the same Italian restaurant, but it was like, okay, I need more backup. I need more things. And through kind of a a multifaceted story, we ended up, you know, joining forces. And that has allowed me to get back to more of what I love, who I am, what I was created to do. And as far as creative dry spells, I think all of us experience that. And so this team that we have, I think is such a big piece of helping each other out of those creative slumps. Because I truly believe that a design firm and designing homes is so much better when there's more brains in the room. Mm -hmm. Because you might start with one idea and then someone else, you know, chimes in and suddenly you're building something better than you could have done if it was just you. And those moments of kind of like inspirational sessions that we do are the things that I think keep that creativity alive. And I also think it's it's just so okay to be like, ooh, I'm in a slump. I need to figure out what's going to make me creative, whether that's like going into nature, if that's your thing, or being like, I need to call someone that is in my industry or that gets it that I can you know collaborate with. One thing that you recently did that I loved is designed your own home. And sometimes being your own client can be 
the worst. But I also think it was a really cool chance as a client to see what you would choose for yourself. Like it was really inspiring to me to see like, okay, I've seen her work translated for each of her clients in different ways. You've done two of my really good friends' homes, Amy Porterfield and Jasmine Starr, and their homes couldn't be more different. They're very different. They fit them. And so it was really fun to see what you chose for yourself and to see what inspires you. And I also think too, watching the creative process of that and the thought behind it was super fascinating. What was that experience like? Cause they always say like, you know, the, what is that quote where it's like the cobbler is the last one to have their own shoes. Like a lot of times we often put off our own needs to put our clients ahead. And so what was that process like for you? Well, the process was definitely from about eight o'clock at night till 2 a.m. because working all day and then the kids at night. And so that was when a lot of it happened, which I have to say, that's when I'm actually really creative. I love that time. So even when I'm working on other design things, I love being able to just kind of like nestle up and just, you know, create at those late night hours when there's, you know, just quiet, except I'll usually have Taylor Swift bumping, but it's quiet, you know, in that way. I think that being creative for my own house was definitely a challenge because we do so many different styles. So I had to be like, okay, what is my style? What is the thing that I love? And one thing that we like to do with homes is blend styles. Sometimes we're working with a husband and wife who have really different takes on what they want. And so we're used to blending those. So I've always loved modern. I love clean lines, but I've always loved Spanish architecture and the history of that. So combining those two was really like my vision. And it was kind of this case study. And what is Lindy, you know? And what is me for myself? So that was definitely interesting. I'm a quick decision maker though. So it didn't take me too long to like, I wasn't mulling over things forever. And I told myself in the beginning, when I make a decision, I'm going to stick to it because that's why I tell every client because you can get distracted by the newest product that came out or the newest thing. But the other challenge was that I wanted our home to be really approachable. With some of our clients, we make such custom pieces, do such custom finishes that it's not always something that can be translatable to the average other human. And so not always me. Wynn had to multiple times be like, Lindy, we are not our clients. Like, slow down. But I wanted it to be something that could be accessible. So then when I created and designed all the furniture pieces, it had to be something that could be attainable. Also a big part of what we do in our shop is give back to a nonprofit that helps emerging entrepreneurs around the world that just need $200 to start their thing and to, you know, really rebuild their communities with these opportunities. So it was also something that I was like, this is how I can continue to give back. If I create pieces that are things that are attainable to people's price points, but still feel elevated. And some might be a little bit, you know, you spend that Christmas money a little bit more of a stretch, but things that can be heirloom pieces for people that also translate to what we can do around the world together. Quick recommendation for you. If you love Gold Digger, check out My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. Brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, My First Million features guests like Alex Ramosi, Sophia Amoruso, and Rob Deerdeck. They're sharing their secrets on how they made their first million and how to apply their learnings to capitalize on today's business trends and opportunities. I was just listening to them talk about Sean's AI plan dinner with tech billionaires, something I cannot relate to, but I am utterly curious about. And it was honestly so clever and also hilarious how he used ChatGPT to create the menu. You're going to love their candid business conversations, industry observations, and world-class advice. Listen to My First Million today, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer 
team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. You're already so close to having everything you need to transform your ideas, those little sparks into your brain into something real. Far too many good dreams die before they've had the chance to grow. Fear stomps them out. Lack of planning keeps them quiet. And we're committed to changing that today. Are you ready? My Gold Digger Printable Planner is here to help you map out every plan, list, tracker, and prompt that you need in order to achieve your personal goals, your business dreams, or your wellness vision. Whatever your ideas are, you are equipped to plan and play. Snag the Gold Digger Planner at jennacutcher.com slash Planner for the resources to get that dream down on paper so that it can finally grow. That's jennacutcher.com slash Planner. I've got to hand it to you. Let me just say something. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this before, but you are a brilliant businesswoman. And Drew and I were talking last night. So for the last few days, Lindy and her team, who are amazing and in the room, (laughs) they're amazing. They have been so incredible. And I have just been so impressed. You know, something that's been so interesting for our house process. And actually last night, we were driving home late from a concert and I was going back in my camera roll years and years and years. And I was looking at all these different homes we've lived in. We've moved multiple times and just seeing even the progression of our own style and our homes and like what that is. But we were talking about just how brilliant of a businesswoman you are. And something that I think is really cool to think about is like when you designed your home, you were thinking about pieces you wanted, you were designing pieces, but then you were also thinking people are going to see this and they're going to want it. How do I then create a product that other people can enjoy? And there is so much thought. And I think that some of the best businesses are the ones that look like they just kind of happen. But I know all of the thought behind it. And something that's been really cool is seeing all of the thought that goes into not only the design of our home, but then also, okay, how do we share this? What does this look like? How do we invite people into this process? And I think that there is so much thoughtful strategy in a beautiful way. And one thing I want to know is that for a lot of women, when we hear that we're strategic, there is some weird connotation with that that feels like we're like conniving or we're thinking. And I think strategic is one of the best compliments you can give someone. Tell me a little bit about that because I think a lot of people listening, if they were to just look at your work, they would think like, oh, that's just kind of happenstance. But I know that there's a lot of strategy behind it. Yes. Thank you. That is actually a really big compliment. And one that I think as women, we don't always give each other enough because you're right. It's different for why is so many things different for women than it is for men. But yeah, there's always strategy. I kind of laugh in my head because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I didn't know what my vision was for my life. But when I'm in something, I am strategic and I am focused and I am there. And the strategy, I mean, is different too for the studio versus the shop, which is always something that I have to keep in the forefront of my mind. Recently, though, we sat down with a marketing team and I was like, I want to come up with words that grab the essence of what I'm trying to do in every home, what our team is trying to do in every home. And for me, design is not just prettiness. It is the experience. It is how someone experiences the home, how the people that they invite in experience the home. And there's so many things beyond just visual. It's also the senses. The way that it all comes together is more than just something pretty. And so... For me, we started boiling down to these three words, comfort, connection, and inspiration. Comfortable in the way that you live, because sometimes design can feel, you know, people will always say like, I don't want it to be a museum. I'm like, we're not going to give you a museum. We're going to give you something that looks beautiful and can be maintained beautifully, but is also going to be something that you're comfortable in. Connection is a big thing. I think that you know, everyone always says the heart of the home is the kitchen. And I totally believe that. But how many conversations have you had in a kitchen that are about the weather or about the kids and not true deep connection? And so I always want to create a space that has that connection that can go so much deeper, that can talk about the challenges or the struggles and create a better 
friend group, a better evening. You know, like I'm always like, man, it's not about necessarily even the wine that we're having. It's about what does that space cultivate for those conversations to happen? What is it about the room that is going to create that connection? And then inspiration. You know, our clients come to us to be inspired and to take what they think they want and then blow it up so much bigger. And something I've realized in my own home, because we lived in very interesting rentals for a while and some back houses. And, you know, we've lived in a variety of different things. And now that I'm in a home of our own that we designed that feels complete in so many ways, I am inspired every day when I wake up. I can't tell you how many meetings I've started taking at our house. I'm like, who wants to have a creative session at our house instead of in the conference room? Because there's something about it that feels really inspiring. So I think the journey of doing my own home helped me realize what more is that experience also made me feel way more connected to our clients of the highs and lows of the process as well. Oh, it's been so fun. So let's walk through a little bit about what it looks like from a creative space to design with someone else in mind. Because I think a lot of our listeners, especially in the service-based business, they have to kind of mesh their style with someone else's needs and expectations. And I think that can be a tricky place to, again, stay creative, stay inspired, but also give someone an experience that is memorable, that is exciting, that meets like their vision and expands beyond it. So do you have any advice for how do you take what you believe, what you know, what you want, what your expertise is and mix it with someone else's wants and needs? That's been a journey of its own. When I first started, I felt like I was like, this is my style. This is my vision. And this is what it's going to be through and through for years to come. I quickly realized a couple things. As a designer, I love to switch things up. As a designer, I love to evolve. I think that's part of what keeps passion alive even is just evolving. And as soon as I could realize that clients actually bring that for me was the game changer. It didn't take long. I realized it pretty early on, but my releasing of like, this is the exact style I want to do really helped me expand into a better designer because then I can take, Oh, like what you mentioned earlier, it's like between Amy Jasmine and you, all your homes are really different, Mm -hmm. but every home is really stretched us and made us think differently. And so I think that for the client experience, what you want is them to be happy. It wouldn't be a comfortable, connected and inspired home if it didn't somehow represent them. I mean, I think sometimes we get stuck up on the like, has to represent you. It's not that. It just needs to be a feeling that evokes something for them. And that is what you're really after. And I think the quicker that you can realize that actually brings so much to you, the better. And I think that we wouldn't be where we are today without that. I think that what I love is that we're not stuck in one style. So it's so funny because in the beginning, I'm like, I'm going to be this. And now I love that we're so many styles. And now it's important to always keep that common thread through everything. You're definitely going to see a lot of similar palettes and similar lines that we're using, but everything is going to be really catered to the person. Or now that we're doing out of state, like catered to the area, we don't want it to feel overly California where I'm rooted. We want it to feel like the area that they're in as well. So I think that's been the biggest thing. You said something that is so good. And I think everyone needs to like listen to this twice is that when you are a service-based business, if somebody is challenging you or stretching you, that is the gift. That is not the pain. And I think a lot of times, so many of us, I even remember when I started as a photographer, I'm like, these are the people I'm serving. This is how I'm doing it. This is the venue I'm shooting at. And it's like, I was stretched in the most beautiful of ways. And I grew in the ways of like, How do I take what I know, what I do and match it with someone else's dreams and visions? And I think that that is the evolution that you talk about. Let's talk about evolution because I think that so many people are so resistant to change. There's so many studies that say that like the thing people fear the most is change because we know this one way, we know this thing. But I feel like I am someone who invites, welcomes, like I get excited by change. Like I want to contradict myself because that shows that I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm changing. Talk to me about welcoming in that evolution for yourself because I think so many people listening, again, they're starting something and they're like, this is my 10-year vision and they're not open to change, which is such a mistake and it can be such a gift. I think as an entrepreneur, you have to embody change because you're going to have this plan and it's 100%, I can tell you right now, it's not going to go exactly the way you think it will. And so I think that it's really important to be adaptable, to be able to change. I mean, there are so many things that I had a, you know, a plan, a goal and a vision for before the pandemic hit, upended everything, right? Right. 
for everyone. But the thing is, at that point, we were mostly doing local business in Newport Beach, in LA, and San Diego. That was kind of our main, California was really our main territory. Well, when COVID hit, it was like, you know, all out crazy for our business. However, I quickly realized, okay, we need to figure out how we're going to communicate with teams that are on the job site five minutes away from where I live Mm -hmm. and be able to give them amazing plans to work off of and make it easy, even though I can't be there. Because there was a time where they were allowing only certain people on the job site. We were not one of them. And what that ultimately did was expand our business and ultimately grow it so much more because now we knew how to do things down the street and we could use those same tools, those same changes that we had to make, we can use them from afar. So now we're in like eight different states, multiple homes in some states, you know, that change that that would not have happened without that opportunity that upended what my goals were, but really ended up creating something different. So I think that adaptability. So if you're afraid of the word change, let's call it adaptability because things will change and then you have to adapt. Mm -hmm. And so finding those ways to creatively do that and let that be okay. And it's hard to sometimes be like, okay, it's part of the process, but it is. Mm -hmm. It's so a part of how it like molds you as a person, molds you as a business. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's just say you had a full day of nothing on your calendar and you could do anything in the business. Like, so full day, what would you choose? Like pick your poison. Pick your poison. I think that I would just go right back to my roots. The thing that started it all. Because sometimes when you have a full day as an entrepreneur, as the main person running it, as the person with the name on the door, sometimes you just need to go back to the basics. So I would just find myself immersed in inspiration and textures. And I would probably hop around to all our vendors and be like, don't worry about me. I'm just here to like look around and just kind of get refreshed in that way. And I think what is so important about that is if you've got the free day, which is rare, but if you've got it, being able to go back to why you started will bring you a lot of inspiration and even a refreshed vision. I love that. I love that answer too. I I was thinking that's what it was going to be because I think for so many of us, we need that reminder too to create that margin and that blank space so that we can go back to those roots because oftentimes we don't even realize how far we've gotten pulled away from it until we get back into it. And I think a lot of times if you're someone who is feeling like your creativity is ashes where there used to be a fire, this is your opportunity to fan the flame and like get that ember growing because 
because for so many of us, even for myself too, like I will get caught up in like, I need to review this. I need to write this. I need to outline this. I need to do this. And then I'm like, okay, let's back up. Like if I could watch a webinar today, like that's like what I would do. Like I'm such a nerd. Like I'm like, I want to like take a training and I want to learn from someone new and I want to study how they're doing it. I want to like analyze every aspect of it. And like, those are the things that I'm like, I need to schedule that in. Like I need to create that as a part of my work because it is a part of my work. And so I think this is such a good reminder too of like make opportunities for those things because not only will it root you back in why you started, but it will also like reinvigorate like the fuel that needs to extend beyond yourself if you have a team and into like the ethos of what you're doing. Absolutely. I fully, fully believe that. And I think that you know, when we talk about passion, I think there is, it's a big word. And I also think sometimes entrepreneurs feel this pressure, especially those that maybe left like a nine to five steady job, have this feeling of like, okay, I've got to be passionate about everything. Everyone I talk to, I got to be like, it's going so well. And I'm so passionate. And the reality is that there are going to be moments that are high and moments that are low. And you always have to get back to the root of why you started something and why you did something. And I always think like, man, you know, the biggest misconception with an entrepreneur is that they're like, I'm going to do what I love and I'm going to do all the time and I'm never going to feel like it's work. And the reality is there's so many days where it feels like work because it is. And when you start as a passion project or you start as a hobby and then you grow it into something more, it no longer has the same essence. It no longer is the same thing. You're growing it. You're making money off of it. You're trying to figure out how to strategize it. And you know, I always think it's like being an entrepreneur and thinking passion is always going to be there is like basically taking your toddler to Disneyland and assuming the day is going to be perfect. Like you're going to have those highs, you're going to have those lows. And then they go right back to highs. Like, how is that at Disneyland? Actually? I mean, it's the happiest place. Like you can walk and everything's great. A meltdown happens and then you're on a ride and everyone's happy again. And that is really like the journey. There's highs, there's lows and making room for those moments to exist and for it to be okay and to acknowledge it and then allow yourself to get back to the roots of why you did it. And that doesn't come with like, oh, let me just remind myself why I did it. That Mm -hmm. comes with doing it. That comes with getting right back into it. And I think that's really the key. And I think that's what keeps your passion alive as well. Because when you're in it, you forget it. I've never been to Disneyland. What? (laughs) What? We need to bring our girls. We'll go there someday. Okay. So for anyone listening, final question. You have created this beautiful space in our home. And it just, it feels different. I feel like I will show up different in this space as it is created. For someone that is listening who is working from their couch or working from their dining room table or, you know, not in an environment that feels creative, give me three simple things that someone could do that could maybe give them that boost of creativity or help them to show up as the entrepreneur that they want to be. Okay. This is so great because I lived that part of life for the last almost three years. So when we were in our rentals bopping around because we bought our lot and we were building and it took you know a while and it was in the middle of COVID. So everything was delayed. While we were bopping around to these different places, I was like, you know, we're spending money on the house. So I'm not going to spend any money here. But we are in rentals that don't represent our style or my style. They some of them are run down. We just were kind of like, you know, wherever was a roof on our head, we're like, there, we'll take it. And my biggest regret is not doing a couple things. I wish I would have just like set aside a little money and be like, I'm going to do a few things to make this feel like an inspired space. So the first thing that I would do is assess where are you the most? Because you don't need to worry about your whole home if you can't do your whole home. Just be like, where am I the most? Where am I working from home the most? Where is my family hanging out the most? And then focus on those areas. Obviously, furniture changes a room. They're big investment pieces though. So I would say just to kind of everyone that it's like, I would get yourself an amazingly comfortable sofa, a good coffee table. And if that's like the most you can do on budget, that's fine. But then what you should do is take a little bit more of your budget to put towards accessories because I'm still sometimes surprised how much a room can go from kind of plain to so much more with accessories. So I think that no matter what your budget is, you can add some of those things, those things that make a big difference. And, you know, some people are like windows are windows, but I'm like windows with window coverings are so much more. It adds that dimension, that layer, that texture. And so I think those things would be, did I give you four? Maybe I give you four drapery, sofa, coffee table, and accessories. And you can get them at all different price points. 
I love that. And I, I agree too. I think so many of us, whether you're like in transition or you're renting or you're always delaying making a place feel like home and you don't realize how foundational it is to wake up and feel inspired or like feel excited or feel comfortable or feel creative. And so if you are someone who's like not hanging things on the wall because you're thinking I'm only going to be here for a year, like get those pictures up, like make it feel like yours because I think you just show up in a different way. Lindy, where can everybody find you, connect with you, learn more about you, shop your products? Give me all the places. Absolutely. Everyone always jokes because I used to answer the phone. Hi, this is Lindy with Lindy Galloway. And everyone's like, stop doing that. They know it's you. (laughs) So the name is Lindy Galloway. So it's easy to find. The spelling is weird. Thanks to my parents. So it's L-I-N-D-Y-E Galloway. So you can find us on Instagram at Lindy Galloway. Our website is lindygalloway.com. You're sensing a theme. And then you can also shop at shop.lindygalloway.com. Or if you go to lindygalloway.com, it will take you there too. Thank you so much for making this amazing house feel even more like a home. It has been so amazing. I can just tell you like one of the things I've learned in this whole process is like hire the experts and let them do their work. And I feel like I have learned so much on the path and I've just learned so much from you as a businesswoman watching you do your thing. So thank you for making this beautiful space feel even more wonderful. Absolutely. And the best part about this is about our process and working with amazing people is that we get to create something amazing and we get to really be inspired by you. And I obviously have known you for a while, mostly just though through Instagram. And then we were, you know, voice texting over Instagram and it kind of grew from there. And you have been amazing to work with and just so open to, you know, creativity and whatever would come and patient. And it has just been such a joy working with you guys. It's been so fun. I wish Coco was here to say, until next time, gold diggers, <laughs> keep on digging your biggest goals. Today's episode was so fun. I never get to interview people in real life, specifically people in my home. And so this felt extra special. Watching Lindy and her team at work this week was so inspiring to me. She is brilliant, strategic. She is incredible at styling. And it was so fun to learn why she thinks about the things that she does and the way that she thinks about them as it pertains to design, but also for business. This whole journey of building our dream home has truly been a dream come true. And getting to work with incredible female-founded companies and business owners has been such a treat. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. I wish that you were sitting at our dining room table with us as we record. But alas, thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. I so appreciate you giving me your precious time and energy. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.